Welcome to the Straight Talk Physio Podcast with your host, Dr. Andrew Junak and Dr. Craig Giambattista. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the coronavirus or COVID-19 as it's shortened. To clarify, we are not immunologists. Uh, we don't work with viruses in any way, shape, or form, uh, but we want to relay and compile some useful information provided directly from the CDC uh, for you to better understand what is going on and how you can protect yourself and protect others. Uh, Craig and I have seen our communities and states impacted very differently from this virus and want to share some of that information about things you should and should not be doing. So with that kind of getting us kicked off, Craig, do you want to talk a little bit about what you're seeing just in your local community, grocery stores, uh, things like that, where you're at in uh, Olympia, Washington? Right. So out on the West Coast, I'm kind of in that one of the big states to where everything sort of started. So I can't say that there isn't really at like the community level, at least where I'm at, I wouldn't consider there to be any like mass hysteria or anything like that. But I can tell you that people are respecting some of the guidelines around here. So I know in the state of Ohio, things are getting a little bit more restricted, but in the state of Washington, you know, schools are closing. Um, there is the recommendation for, you know, just kind of self quarantine or, you know, kind of socially isolate. And then um, just like everywhere else in the US, I think everyone's out there, you know, stocking up. So impossible to get toilet paper where I'm at, just like everywhere else in the United States. Um, but I would say those are the big things here. And then all like major events are being canceled, as you would kind of expect. Um, travel, there's still no like travel ban or anything like that. But um, I know, unlike Ohio, bars, restaurants at this time uh, still open here. So what are you seeing over there back in the Midwest, back in Ohio? So yeah, I mean, we're filming this on March 16th. Um, and just yesterday, they shut down at last night at 9pm, they shut down all bars and restaurants. Um, and there's a lot of people who are pretty scared because, you know, from a small business standpoint, you're trying to figure out how you're going to keep your doors open and things like that. Uh, there's been a number of different like stimulus packages put in and some interest-free, uh, you know, loan opportunities and things like that. But still, um, that, that doesn't, that doesn't make it any, any, any better. Um, the reasoning behind it, you know, it totally makes sense why they're doing it. Um, you know, whether people agree with that or not, that, that's your opinion. Um, but just kind of going through and seeing how Ohio has been impacted, it, it's been pretty wild. I mean, over just the last few days, we've had, you know, like I mentioned, the bars and restaurants closing. Um, you know, as far as my healthcare clinic, I've been trying to figure out exactly what I what I can do to best provide, you know, a safe environment for patients to be in. Um, you know, and really reading up on the CDC and following these cases that are coming up. So, um, you know, as far as schools closings, I believe we have a two to three week delay, depending on the schools here. Um, so schools have been closed. Universities are teaching online for the next semester, the ones that are staying open. Um, people are definitely panicking here. Uh, as far as going to the stores, uh, you know, shelves are empty, water's gone, thermometers are gone, face masks are gone. Um, you know, so there is a there is a level of panic, but I think there's there's no better time to kind of talk about what it is that we can be doing to keep ourselves healthy, keep others healthy and get through this together. Cause at the end of the day, uh, you know, we're all in this together one way or another. And whether you're in Ohio, whether you're in Olympia, whether you're, you know, it, it doesn't matter. We're all in this together and we're trying to fight this uh, pandemic from getting worse and keep our healthcare system going. So 
I don't know if you have anything to add to that or if you want to kick us off with, a, you know, kind of what you should do if you're healthy uh, based on the CDC. Yeah, let's get started with that one. Um, I know that, again, like you said before, we're not immunologists, we're not virologists, um, but what we did do is kind of scour the CDC's website because a lot of people, number one, they don't really know where to get good trusted health information, and I know a lot of people are busy, and I had a lot of things going on, so I think on our end, the most important thing we could do was try to get the best stuff out um, as of March 16th for what we should be doing, so uh, this is kind of what the CDC recommends, and this is kind of, they're like the authority on this stuff. So if there was any piece of information to listen to, this is this is definitely it. Yeah. So if you're healthy, here's what to do. Um, I've, everyone's probably heard this a million times already, but washing hands is key. Um, but how often um, is even more important. So we're looking for at least 20 seconds. So saying happy birthday twice, that's about 20 seconds right there. Um, the number one thing they'll recommend is soap and water for that period of time. But if you don't have that available, uh, hand sanitizer is always good, but check that bottle, make sure we're looking at at least uh, 60% alcohol. Um, so as far as uh, cleaning, that, that would probably be the number one thing. Uh, and the second thing would be the social distancing. Uh, we kind of, they are having an idea of how the coronavirus spreads and it's typically through droplets, which basically means um, if someone does have the virus, if they cough, sneeze, um, you know, create any sort of droplet into the air, they seem to think that that can travel, you know, um, on an average about six feet between people. So that's kind of where that six foot rule comes from. Um, what else you can do is avoid any non-essential travel in large crowds. As obvious as it, is, it sounds, the more people you're around, the more likely you are to come in contact with someone who might have the virus or, um, you know, not even have any symptoms yet because there is like sort of like an inoculation period, which basically means if you do come in contact with the virus, symptoms might not become apparent for a couple of days. I think the most recent data they were saying maybe somewhere in like that four to six day range. So just something to be mindful of. And finally, just make sure you're cleaning and disinfecting services that you touch often, keyboards, mouse, kitchen counter, uh, handles in the bathroom, doorknobs, all that kind of stuff. And if you do notice something is dirty, it is important to clean it with some sort of disinfecting. Um, and you can go to the CDC's website for this, but the, the big thing is you can, uh, you can kind of water down your own bleach there, um, which would mean like uh, five tablespoons of bleach per gallon of water or four teaspoons of bleach per quart of water, depending on the kind of measuring you like to use. Um, if you are using like an alcohol solution, make sure you're getting at least 70% alcohol in your cleaning solution. And then um, just kind of like if you go to the store, your basic Clorox, all that other good stuff, that, that's going to do the job. So just make sure you're using, uh, you know, some version of like a, like a reputable cleaner. Um, anything else to add to if you're healthy, what are maybe some recommendations there, Drew? I would say if you're healthy, um, don't go to your primary care doctor uh, for just simple injuries. For example, say you rolled your ankle. Um, you know, simple orthopedic things, you had a little bit of a flare up in your back pain or you sprained your wrist doing something. Um, reason being is because they're going to be overwhelmed with this. Uh, the goal is to try to keep them from being overwhelmed, but already I'm hearing, you know, other providers and, you know, trying to triage and send people to different providers to handle different things. So if you do have an orthopedic injury, uh, reach out to a physical therapy clinic. Uh, so that it's not overtaxing the primary care physicians at this time. 
I think the primary care physicians, they're going to have this huge uptick in people who um, think they have the virus, uh, people who they have been in contact with who do come down with this virus. Um, so I think the amount of panic is going to essentially overload their, their phones and things like that. So if you don't have to see them uh, for something more trivial, and when I say trivial, trivial I'm, I'm meaning like a simple orthopedic injury, um, and you can call a physical therapist or some other local provider that can manage those injuries, I would recommend doing it. Um, right now, our job as physical therapists is to kind of help offload um, and provide support for, you know, our other, other colleagues out there who are handling this in a different way. Um, and then as far as uh, other things that healthy people would do, I think the one thing that I keep uh, hearing and seeing pretty regularly is the, the social distancing. People don't understand why, but, um, you know, we know that this is spread through droplets and you can have someone who has no symptoms at all be spreading this to other people. Um, just by remaining close and say you spit a little bit when you talk, um, you know, this stuff happens, uh, you know, some of that saliva gets on a surface or, you know, gets on your hands and then you go and you touch your face, put your hands in your mouth, bite your fingers. Um, that's how this stuff is pretty easily transmitted. So it is a, it is something we need to take seriously. I know there's a lot of heat here in Columbus, especially, uh, when they canceled the Arnold classic. Um, they still let the competitors compete, but they didn't do, um, they didn't allow the vendors to come in. And, you know, one of the biggest issues that, you know, people I think had with that in general was it happened like right before the event, there was, there was no time, I guess, leading up to it. They didn't make that decision as soon as they, they probably could have, but that was the reasoning behind it was from a social distancing standpoint. Um, you're just so close together and so many people. So this thing could have spread like rapid fire. So it's actually great that they ended up making that decision. As hard as that decision was, um, that's kind of where it came from, was taking social distancing seriously. Um, and then now they've shut down restaurants and bars, uh, knowing about, you know, St. Patrick's Day and, you know, some of the other celebrations that were coming up. So it's been pretty wild here in Columbus. We've really taken um, a huge turn. But, but that being said, I'm going to kind of shift gears to what to do if you're sick. So let's say, you know, you think you have the virus, um, you know, you're having a cough or a fever, or, you know, some of these other symptoms, shortness of breath, um, you should stay home. That's, that's number one. You should stay home. Uh, if you're forced to be around others for whatever reason, like say you caught the virus and you're, you know, you have to be around others, you should be wearing a mask and you should quarantine yourself. Um, cover your coughs and sneezes with your elbow. Um, you should also call your healthcare provider to be screened whether or not you should go to the ER. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of people who are going to come up with a little cough and they're going to automatically assume, oh, geez, I have the coronavirus, right? Um, you know, so before you make any decisions to go and overload the ER, um, I know a lot of places are doing testing outside in parking lots, at least here in Columbus, uh, where you can go there and you can call ahead and then they'll come out and they'll test you uh, while you're still in your car. Um, there's a couple hospitals doing that. Um, others are taking people off site to different locations to test from what I'm hearing. So there's a lot of different things that are going on all at the same time. Um, so those are some of the things like if you're sick that you really need to make sure that you're doing. Um, if you're healthy, notice how we didn't talk about that you have to wear a mask. Um, you know, that's one of those things where masks are more for people who are sick to prevent the spread of it. Um, is there anything I'm missing there, Craig? You're thinking, so if you're sick, 
I would, uh, I, no, I think you hit the nail right on the head with uh, being sick. The big one is just, is just kind of stay home. I know that sounds super obvious, but, but, uh, but yeah, try to stay home. Um, as far as the, the mask is concerned, the only time I'd recommend that if you, if you, you know, weren't having symptoms, if you know you're going to be around people who might be sick, or let's say you're a caregiver, or like you provide, you know, family support for someone that might have had contact with the virus, then I'd recommend the mask. Um, kind of deal. But like you said, if you feel like you're asymptomatic, you're pretty healthy, um, you're kind of keeping up with your, you know, social isolation and, you know, following the other guidelines, it doesn't mean you have to wear a mask 24 seven or at least right now. That's, that's not the, you know, the recommended protocol. Yeah. Now as medical providers, if we are in contact with someone who does have the virus, um, then we would actually wear a mask. But currently at this time, there is no recommendation for us to be wearing a mask at all times um, around any patient at all. It is yeah, just correct. patients that currently have you know, some sort of coughing or sneezing or um, something like that. But for right now, that's kind of where things stand as of March 16th. So Craig, what are some of the serious signs um, where somebody might want to consider going to the emergency room um, and you know, taking that trip? Right. So these are the big ones. Yeah, of course, not an all encompassing list. So we'll kind of default to saying that if, you know, something really does worry you and, you know, maybe we didn't mention it today, then, you know, call your healthcare provider. Absolutely. They are the experts, um, especially in the urgent care and ER realms. They're the people you want to talk to. But if you do notice that you're, you're starting to have like shortness of breath or some real trouble breathing or persistent pain or pressure in your chest, or all of a sudden you become confused or like you kind of notice someone just really isn't quite like uh, acting the way they normally would, or they're just kind of lethargic. Um, and finally, just uh, if you notice any discoloration specifically becoming blue in the face or the lips, those are kind of the big ones. I mean, and you don't have to be a trained medical professional to know that those are, those are kind of the serious ones. And and, you know, those are the ones we kind of advocate to, to really look out for and realize like, hey, something, something pretty serious is, is going on. Um, any other serious signs or symptoms you might add to that list? No, I think those are, those are the main ones. Um, you know, if you're feeling like things are escalating and kind of going out of control or you have a fever that, you know, is, continues to climb despite taking fever reducers and things like that, um, it's definitely a sign that you need to reach out uh, for a little bit more advanced medical personnel at that time. So as far as who is most at risk, do you think that this, you know, specific virus, does it affect anyone, you know, outright or is everybody at risk or, or who do you think we should be keeping an eye on the most? Um, the biggest ones that, that come to mind are definitely people who are elderly, um, you know, older. The main reason being is people who are elderly tend to have uh, a little bit more things going on medically. Um, and then also people with chronic serious health conditions uh, that involve like the heart and lungs um, or diabetes, because from a respiratory standpoint, this virus can um, really move to those areas and give you some trouble. Uh, you don't want to have those systems tax taxed even more um, if you are struggling with, you know, heart lung conditions or uh, diabetes as well. So those are some things that we, we need to be a little bit more uh, conscious about. I know from my clinic standpoint, I've, I've done some screening on current patients that I'm working with and reaching out and saying, Hey, maybe it's best that, you know, you stay home, uh, just to be safe for people who fall into some of these categories. 
Um, and then on the other side of things, people who are healthy and don't have the comorbidities, they're pretty much safe to come in um, as we're taking pretty, pretty thorough precautions here. Um, well, Craig, what do you think about like family and caregiver support? So let's say, um, you know, you have a loved one who, you know, is kind of in one of those in a sticky situation. Right. I think the most important thing in an instance like this is to just have some sort of plan, you know? So the big thing is, you know, let's say it's your grandma that you, you tend to take care of, you know, what medications are they on? You know, do they have extra medications? Do their prescriptions need refilled soon? You know, that's something, you know, worth talking to your doctor about, um, you know, do they have enough food in their home or if they use medical supplies, like let's say they have supplemental oxygen or they have, um, you know, a wound and they need to have a dressing changed or did they get dialysis from a dialysis nurse that comes over every couple of days? Do they have like a, you know, do they use catheters? All those kind of like reusable um, medical pieces of equipment that you need to order, you know, frequently. Just make sure that you you have them, you have enough of them, and then there is some, you got like some sort of backup plan, you know, just kind of plan for the future with those ones. And especially if you have like a family member that is living in like a long-term care facility, like a nursing home or something like that, first and foremost, respect the rules that the nursing home is, uh, you know, kind of has, like they might limit visitors or they might limit how many people can be in the room or people that can come at a certain time. Like that's just there to keep everybody safe. Like, please respect it. I know it like kind of stinks and you want to see your loved ones, but there's, there's a good reason for that. And then just always, again, just have a backup plan. If there were to be an outbreak in that area, and you have someone in a, you know, in a facility where other people have the chance of, you know, high risk for being sick, just kind of have a black backup plan there. So not like an overly specific recommendation, but I think just knowing medically where your loved ones are and just kind of saying like, you know what, if things get really bad, like we have at least some sort of a plan B is the, is the best thing you can do. Yeah. And even from another side of that is if you are taking care of someone who is older or at risk, um, I actually had a, a patient reach out to me who is taking care of someone who's older and is at risk. And for that person, it, it's not a good idea for them to come in because um, they need to protect themselves so that they can further then protect uh, their loved one. So that, that is important um, for others where that's not the case, then yeah, feel free to go out and, you know, you know, abide by some of these rules, continue to self quarantine in other cases, you know, go out if you have to. But aside from that, um, you know, we got to take care of our elderly and people with chronic conditions right now, uh, first and foremost, and then protect ourselves at the same time. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I think that's great advice. Um, as far as like, in the clinic, like, what do you think patients should be seeing? Like if they, you know, they're still coming to their PT appointments, how do they know on our end what we should be doing to make sure that they have a good experience in the clinic and that everything is, is, is kind of safe? Well, I think obviously we should be wiping down and sanitizing, cleaning everything that patients would touch or that we would touch. Um, so that's definitely one thing I've implemented in my practice. Um, a lot of this is done anyway. Uh, but now it's, it's more heightened. We're making sure we do it every single patient, not missing doorknobs in between patients or, um, you know, coat racks, different things that we would typically touch. Um, so just being more, more diligent about that. Uh, my patients, I'm asking them to sanitize, wash hands before appointments and after appointments. I'm doing the same. Um, I'm also maintaining a little bit more distance during treatment. 
Um, and then I'm also, before patients are even coming in or before they even walk into my room, uh, I'm screening them for, uh, you know, do they have a fever? Do they have a cough? Have they experienced shortness of breath? Um, have they traveled within the last 30 days? You know, if patients have any of those three symptoms, fever, cough, shortness of breath, um, I'm pretty much asking them to leave the clinic and we'll reschedule you for in the future. Um, for my patients who are older adults um, and or have chronic illnesses, um, I'm also basically asking them to reschedule their appointments as well, uh, just for safety on their part. Um, because for me, it's, it's you know, following these CDC guidelines is, is number one. That's what we need to be doing to help prevent the spread of this um, and going from there. Is there anything that you're seeing, Craig, on your end? I'd say I'm doing the exact same thing here. Um, the biggest thing, just kind of we're, we're being extra diligent about our screening. You know, people coming in for appointments. Hey, how have you been feeling? Do you notice any of these symptoms? Do you think you might know anyone that might have come in contact with the virus? You know, and then just kind of going from there and saying like, hey, I think, you know, it might not be a bad idea to give your primary a call or maybe you should do this or, you know what, doesn't seem like you're much at risk. Like we're okay to, you know, proceed with treatment. So I think that, that kind of, brings us around to our big question here is like, should, for the listeners out there, like if you got a PT appointment, should you keep it? What do you think? Oh, I think absolutely. Um, and here's why. Uh, most people are currently working from home. Uh, musculoskeletal injuries, I believe, are in the, the 70, like around 70 to 80% of most uh, doctor's visits anyway. Um, you know, as long as the clinics are taking the proper precautions, you know, screening patients, keeping things clean um, and doing everything that they need to, to be honest, the, uh, any sort of medical facility at this point right now um, is actually one of the safest places to be, especially from, I would say from a physical therapy side, you know, when you're comparing it to maybe an ER or an urgent care, where a lot of these sick patients are going, um, you know, at this point, I'm pretty much only treating the people that are currently and actively healthy um, and don't have any of these risk factors for having uh, the coronavirus. So I would say as of right now, it is one of the safest places to be would be to go to your physical therapy appointments um, in comparison to some other places that you could be going right now, um, especially places that have lots and lots of people um, that are gathering like grocery stores where people are trying to, you know, hurry and rush out of places. People are touching carts. Um, some people are wiping them down. Some people are not. Um, I've seen a lot of gyms locally in my area that are doing their best to uh, keep plates clean and kettlebells clean and, you know, going above and beyond and wiping down every single thing. They're asking people to wipe down before they work out, wipe down after they work out, they're mopping. I mean, people are really doing a great job of responding to this. So from a physical therapy standpoint, I would say now, um, you know, if you're spending quite a bit of time at home because your job is making you work from home, um, what better time to go get your orthopedic injury sorted? <laughs> there probably isn't a better time to get your orthopedic injury sorted unless you have a fever, cough, or shortness of breath. Then yeah. I don't want to see you. Let's not hang out. Let's say that for another day. So <laughs> no, I would I would echo the same thing there. I mean, if you're if you feel like you're symptomatic at all, or you're, you know what, even if you're not sure, um, give us a call. You yeah. know, um, say hey, you know what, I have my appointment today, or I have an appointment in a couple of days these are some of the symptoms I have. Like, do you think this is something serious or is it just, you know, coincidental and I'm just not feeling so great right now? Um, like I said, we're trained to at least have the baseline of saying like, you know what, might not be a bad idea to, to cancel the appointment, you know, or, 
um, this is maybe what you should do next or, or after kind of we screen you saying like, you know what? Yeah, I, I think we're okay to come in. So I, I would say, don't be afraid to, don't be afraid to ask those questions. Absolutely. So Craig, you know, just to touch on this a little bit, I know the terms like flattening the curve have been thrown out there and things like that. Um, there's some research and data to support that this is what we should be trying to do right now to get ahead of this. Um, do you want to talk a little bit as to why like the social distancing is important right now, uh, why we need to be flattening this curve, what this curve is, um, and kind of take us on that roller coaster, that journey, because I think out of all of this, this is probably one of the largest areas of confusion and why people are saying, like not understanding why uh, some of the decisions that are being made are being made to begin with, um, to cut down on crowds and cut down on places where people can congregate. So uh, if you don't mind kind of taking that away. Uh, to yeah, absolutely. Up, and right? I think that's been a, a big talking point and like maybe a big source of frustration. Um, so before we even get into it, uh, if you have any friends, family members, relatives, just pretty much anybody, or if you have the time, you know, think about those people that are in the service industry or the entertainment industry, or maybe some of those jobs that like now that we're not really allowed to be going out and doing a lot of stuff, like maybe they're getting laid off, maybe their hours are getting cut, you know, like try to support your local businesses and try to reach out to your friends and just, just kind of see if there's anyone you can help out with. Cause like you said before, we're kind of all in this together and it's, it, it definitely kind of sucks because like nobody wants to be off work, you know, but then again, we all have like this responsibility to try to make sure that, that this stuff doesn't, you know, go overboard. So I encourage anyone out there that listens to this is if you can help out in any way, you know, please try to do so. Cause you might, it might be okay for you. You might still be able to work, but you know, there might be some people out there that, that can't work just because all this, you know, social, social isolation stuff is going on. So, you know, please think about doing that. Um, right. exactly. But, but, but anyway, so, so the reason for all this is why, why is this going on? Cause we, we kind of said before, like, if you are a relatively healthy person and you might come in contact with this, there's even a chance that you can get better at home. So first and foremost, you know, trust your physicians. And when you call them and, and say, you know, Hey, I might be having this kind of stuff, you know, and they say, well, you know, take some over the counter stuff, stay at home. It's going to be okay. Then everyone, you know, they're, they're starting to ask like, why are we even doing the social isolation thing? This doesn't make any sense. If I'm going to be fine, you know, who cares? Uh, and the goal of this is we got to reduce how many people get it at one time, right? So the healthcare system really isn't equipped for, you know, thousands and thousands of people to all get sick at once. And I think that this social isolation and closing restaurants, schools, bars, et cetera, kind of helps that. So if a couple people get sick, uh, the, the system can kind of pick them up and make them feel better. But if, like we saw it happen in Italy, if, if so many people get sick at the same time, then the, the medical system just can't handle it. And then people that need to get care kind of can't get it because so many people are, are coming in and utilizing services at the same time. So it's more of a prophylactic measure and it's kind of keeping those high risk people safe. Um, so I, that's the big, the big reason. It's kind of one of those moments where you got to think a little bit maybe bigger than yourself on that one. Um, any thoughts on that one, Drew? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the, the cases that come to mind is people who maybe come down with, uh, you know, they start to have like um, a cardiac event or they get in a motor vehicle accident. Like if we're flooding the ERs because um, of the coronavirus, then there's other people who are not going to be able to get the life-saving care that they need. So not we, we know that people are going to 
to suffer and die from this coronavirus. So that is very serious. But we also know that people suffer and die from many other things. So it's definitely important that, you know, we keep our, our essentially our healthcare system um, as free and open as we possibly can so that when these things do come up, we can, we don't have to choose who we're going to help and who we're going to, to try to save. Uh, and unfortunately it sounds like that seems to be a problem that they're having right now in Italy. Um, they're, they're just overwhelmed right now. So we're trying to prevent that as best we can. And, um, you know, hopefully we can do that here in the upcoming weeks. Um, I don't know how long this is going to last, but, uh, hopefully we can get this under control. Yeah, I agree with you. And I would say just one more thing, uh, if, at least that I've seen in my practice, is some people that are having elective surgeries, they're kind of canceling those. Mm -hmm. So take it easy on your general and orthopedic surgeons. You know, they are medical professionals that, you know, again, they might not be virus experts, but what they can do is help triage patients and free up beds in their you know, specific part of the hospital or wherever they might be located. Um, and that's, that's kind of what they want to do again, just so the medical system doesn't get overwhelmed. So, uh, you know, don't hate on them too much. They're just trying to help. They're just trying to help. That's what we're all doing. This is a, this is a pretty crazy time. But, um, with that being said, I think that's a, a great way to kind of conclude, um, this episode here today, Wish we didn't have to have it, but, um, I, we do, we did sit down and decide that this would probably be a good idea for us to put together, um, you know, and look at those CDC guidelines uh, and try to give people a better understanding of why some of the decisions are being made. Um, you know, obviously we don't know all the reasons. Uh, we're just down here on the ground floor trying to help in any way that we can. But the number one thing we can do is kind of help prevent the spread of this. Um, so I want to thank you guys so much for tuning into the Straight Talk Physio podcast. If you like what you're hearing, it would mean the world to us if you'd subscribe to this podcast and the Peak Physiotherapy and Performance YouTube channel. For more information about us, please check us out on Facebook at Peak Physiotherapy and Performance um, and on Instagram at P3 Physiotherapy. For more information about Craig, you can follow him at Dr. Craig G underscore PT on Twitter and Instagram. If you have any topic suggestions, comments, or questions, then feel free to email us at the straight talk physio podcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for watching. And we hope you guys all have an awesome day. Wash your hands. Wash, yeah, wash your hands. Wash your hands. <laughs>